and welcome to Books Unbound, the podcast where we unbind books to get to their hearts with your host, me, Raylene, and... Me! It's Ariel. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Welcome back to another fun episode, guys. I'm excited to jump into these recommendations. There are a couple of really strange and fun ones this week, which I'm super pumped to get into. Um, But before we jump into the episode, Ariel has something she'd like to say. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Um, So... Our episode just went live today, you know, the one where we announced that you're engaged, that I bought a house. Oh, that's um, true, yeah. So that went live early, a couple hours, well, yeah, a couple hours ago. And um, we're already getting such lovely messages um, on our Discord from patrons and just generally, like, on the Instagram and stuff. So I just wanted to say thanks to everyone who's sending us a nice message. And I realized uh-huh. that this isn't going to... This is going to come out in two weeks. Um, yeah. So we're a little behind on thanking everyone. But uh, some people were, like, excited for updates. Do you know what I mean? They were like, okay. if you ever have wedding updates or I ever have a house update they're like please share because they want to follow the journey and i think that's really fun um yeah we could just have a little life update section if we have anything yeah so i thought that i would do a little update section which is that um i am going to try (laughs) my best by the time this episode comes out my my i should have finished my bedroom and wow. having made it nice. So basically, this house, um, I don't know how, how deep we want to get into my renovation plans <laughs> here, but this house has no insulation, which is uh, bad because I live in Canada. In other places of the world, that would be totally fine. Right. But um, not here. It's very cold in the house. And so that is one of the top priorities when renovating this house. But it's very expensive to like tear down the walls and put mm-hmm. in insulation. So obviously, I'm not going to do that all at once. I'm not rich. Otherwise, I would have bought a house that was done. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, so because of that, I got to kind of prioritize like what rooms we do and what walls we do, et cetera, et cetera. And I know Mm -hmm. my bedroom is going to be one of the last ones that we do. Like I'd rather do the kitchen and my office and the living room and the dining room, et cetera, first. So it's probably going to be a really long time till I do my bedroom. So even though it's kind of redundant, I am going to paint my bedroom Oh, I love that. Yeah, because yeah, I just want to live somewhere nice and cute for the time being. It could be mm-hmm. a year before I get to properly, like, doing the electrical yeah. and stuff in my bedroom. You need so, fresh paint, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And the floor needs paint, <laughs> which <laughs> is something I've never done before. But um, So that is something that a couple days ago I ripped up the horrible... Lin- I, is it linoleum? I, don't, I can't even call it linoleum I don't know what the hell it was but I ripped up all the horrible old flooring that was in my bedroom mm-hmm. and underneath revealed wooden planks uh, yeah. which was exciting except that I'll uh, uh, yeah I mean if I was like where will I post a photo of this there will be a video of this whole experience so if you want to go watch the video on my channel you can see the floor I'll just send you a photo really but the floor mm-hmm. has like four different colors painted in squares i I don't know why or how Um, i know it's just insane this house is just every time you lift something up you look under and you're like why like how i don't (laughs) wow um so basically i'm gonna sand it which is gonna be crazy sanding a floor i mean oh jesus christ (laughs) just wow Wow. and then i'm gonna paint it but i don't know what color to paint the floor i'm gonna do something fun like purple like lilac or blue or something i'm excited Um, to see what you do 
yeah, so that's kind of my main update right now. I'm, my hope is to get the bedroom sort of done before Connor comes, so that mm-hmm. when he comes, we can have a nice bedroom to hang out in. That would be great. Yeah. That's my house update. Do you have Man, I wish I could help. I love painting walls. I wish I could help you. I mean, don't worry. There's so much to do. Whenever you visit, there will be work for us to do. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. I'll have tasks. Um yeah, do you are you married yet? Do you have a wedding update? (laughs) Mm, No, actually I have nothing. And it's funny, actually, I was just I talked to my mom yesterday and she's like so, because she ha- she recommended a photographer to do engagement photos, and she's like, oh, yeah. "Have you talked to her yet? Like, can you? Are you guys? Did you set up a date?" And I was like, I- "I'm probably not going to do it until after Christmas because I'm getting nicer clothes at Christmas. Yeah. Like, I, I already <laughs> yes, know that I'm getting clothes, yeah. and I'm getting new glass. Like, I ordered some new glasses as well. Oh, so I'm fun. like, I'd rather have my updated wardrobe. Totally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I probably won't have any like." wedding updates until the new year just because I, I don't have anything yeah. planned yet so no but that's actually yeah. I forgot about engagement photos I think that's such yeah. a cute little thing yeah my mom was like I'll pay for your engagement photos because I just asked her to take them because she loves taking pictures and she was like no yeah. I'll pay someone to do it for you and I was like well okay fine by yeah. me oh, that's as long lovely. as I don't have to pay yeah cute. so that should be fun yeah the the lady that we are probably going to do the photos with loves doing like outdoor like mountainy kind of stuff Brilliant. so i'm hoping too that like if it's in january there might be snow somewhere so it might be like kind of nice like snowy pictures Narnia. that's kind of what i'm thinking about so yeah that if we once they happen we'll obviously i'll share some of them on patreon or something because yes we gotta see yeah. that's so cute Mm-hmm. Uh, love it love it okay well let's uh let's jump into the recommendations like you said yeah let's jump right in okay so let's go first we'll start with one from sam sam says hello big podcast fan here oh man it always feels good to hear that it feels good i've recently good. discovered <laughs> i've recently discovered how much i enjoy japanese fiction and i'm currently reading before the coffee gets cold per your recommendation what are your favorite japanese fiction books that you haven't mentioned yet with love from california very cool. Yeah. Sam from California. Um, so I know you possibly had some difficulties coming up with one for this. What did you end up choosing? So here's the situation. As you know, I have a um, an Asian literature section on my bookshelves. Mm, um, yes. I say that as if I had bookshelves. My books are just in buckets. <laughs> They're in buckets. Uh, but that's fine. It's fine. Um, I have an Asian literature section because I really enjoy Asian literature. Japanese especially is like the majority mm-hmm. of it. But um, there is some Korean fiction in there. There's Chinese Canadian fiction, etc. So anything that is Asian. Asian literature um, more broadly. I also just feel like the covers sort of go together, the colors wise. Like, yeah. So I just oh, I have an Asian it. fiction section too, and it's like the most mm-hmm. beautiful section of my bookshelves exactly. just because they're it's, so pretty. Yeah, I don't know what it is. They just, the colors that are chosen for those covers are always so good. And so I was like, when you were like, let's do this recommendation, I was like, oh, totally, for sure. I've got a whole section. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I went, and I think because the books that I read from that section, I really enjoy slash yeah. I find very interesting like even like for example convenience store woman I wouldn't say I liked it <laughs> well like I did like it but like mainly or, you, or like the you vegetarian. think about it a lot though yeah I yeah. Thought, thought about it or like the vegetarian which is Korean but um with those two books it's like maybe they're not my favorites but they made me think a lot like I'm so mm-hmm. fascinated by them so because of all those reasons I've talked about all of the ones that I've read I was yeah. like oh <laughs> there aren't any ones that I've like kept secret because like I want to talk about them so what I thought mm-hmm. I'd do instead is talk about one that I'm excited to read um 
So I can't, like, technically recommend this one, but it's one that I am very much looking forward to, mm-hmm. and um, I feel like the point of the recommendations episodes are just to get new books in front of people, so this, totally. uh, this will work. So, the book is called Territory of Light by Yuko Tsushima. Have you heard of this one? No, I haven't. All right. So, this was sent to me by Faber and Faber. As we've talked about. My favorite publisher. And um, I'm just going to keep shouting them out until they agree to publish me one day. Thank you. (laughs) So uh, here's just the synopsis on Goodreads. It's very, very short, um, but I think it, it summarizes it perfectly. Territory of Light is the luminous story of a young woman living alone in Tokyo with her three year old daughter. It's 12 standalone fragments follow the first year of her separation from her husband. It sounds great. It sounds great. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, the cover is really beautiful. I think it's one of I don't hmm, I don't know the name of this collection that they do, uh, but it's like there's a lot of other books that look similar to this book. Have you seen? What, oh, it's Penguin Classics, I guess. Oh. Um, oh, wait. Was this not sent to me by favor? Oh. <laughs> I might be wrong on my. It was sent to you by Penguin and Random House and Schuster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you might be right. Uh, all right. Well. Anyway, I'm going to give Faber the credit anyway, because I love those guys. <laughs> but yes, it also has this really beautiful cover as well. Um, so it's just oh. got like, I mean, you can't even really see it because it's just this like really light it's gradient. It's so pretty. Anyway, yeah. gorgeous book and it sounds really great. It's, um, and I think it sounds awesome. I hope I read it soon. I hope I read all of those books soon, but that's what I keep saying for years. So <laughs> who the heck knows. Uh, what I have the pick? same problem. Well, now that you've inspired me to like, mention maybe a few things because um yeah my i mean first of all i feel like it's crazy that i haven't mentioned this book even once uh, or maybe i've to mention it in passing but anyways this is a huge japanese book battle royale by kushan takumi like yeah, we this book you haven't talked i haven't about that. i've read this yeah like i read this a few years ago and it's such like a cult classic yeah. of japanese fiction and um so i just thought i would give it a quick shout out it is very much like the predecessor to the hunger games the mm. more brutal more you know horrifying version of the hunger games where uh, a bus full of students is picked at random and they are sent to an island and they you know they have to fight to the death only one survivor can remain and so it's and, and it's scary because a lot of like they're all friends you know they know each Mm. other it's a little different from the hunger games in that way where these people know each other they go to school together and they're all the same age so i can't remember how old the class is i think they're yeah they're junior high school students so they're like maybe 12 or 13 um and there's so many of them so that is yeah but anyway so that's like a great japanese book that i feel like anybody who is into japanese fiction as well as like why dystopians like it's the perfect like meeting of those two interests so i definitely just wanted to give that a shout out but my main book that i wanted to talk about is this random short story collection that i found at the library a couple or i guess it was last year and it's called the lonesome bodybuilder by yukiko motoya (laughs) um it's yeah i just thought it has a beautiful cover it's like neon kind of limey yellow green with like these bubbles on it like it has a very unusual striking kind of cover and right. I picked it up completely randomly and read it in like a couple of days because it was so bizarre and so interesting wow. um I'll just read the synopsis off of Goodreads because I can't remember the specifics of all the stories <clears throat> 
A housewife takes up bodybuilding and sees radical changes to her physique, which her workaholic husband fails to notice. A boy waits at a bus stop, mocking businessmen struggling to keep their umbrellas open in a typhoon, until an old man shows him that they hold the secret to flying. A woman working in a clothing boutique waits endlessly on a customer who won't come out of the fitting room, and who may or may not be human. A newlywed notices that her husband's features are beginning to slide around his face to match her own. And so it's 11, it's 11 very bizarre stories. Love it. And they're full, like, as, what, this is something I love about short stories, which I'm sure you can agree with, is that a lot of them are, have magical realism in them. Yeah. It's just kind of a part of the stories. And they, you know, they use it in a, as a tool to kind of make a point. And yeah. that's something I love about short stories is all of them are usually saying something. And especially in a collection where they all kind of come together to have kind of a unified message is also very cool. Um, yeah. But yeah. This is such a strange little collection. It's very Japanese. Like, Japanese literature has a different flavor to it than sure. a lot of other books. Like, just the way they're written is so unique, and I I just love it. So, like, I completely understand yeah. why, um, why Sam wants more books like that, because, oh, man, it's just such a great little niche of literature. Yeah. I love Japanese literature. Yeah, and I think it's funny that you mentioned magical realism because there is a very uh like I find that there's a lot of magical realism in Japanese literature. Oh, totally. Um, it's a it's, it's like a huge a thing. thing. I'm yeah, like Murakami is hugely known for that, but yeah. I've definitely seen it amongst other books as yeah, well. Yeah, historically, historically they have a lot of magical realism in their literature, mm -hmm. which is really cool. Yeah, and the last uh, I just wanted to give an author a shout out, which is funny because I actually haven't read any of her books yet, but I have three of them on my shelf. Classic. And that author is uh, Hiromi Kawakami, who wrote Strange Weather in Tokyo, The Nakano Same. Thrift Shop. I wanted to show thrift, uh, like, The Nakano Shrift Shop. I just thrift really want to read her books. They all well, sound so interesting. Mashed yeah, one potato. of my friends has read, she read The Nakano Thrift Shop and was like, this is great. Like, you will love this mm. book. So, and I have a feeling her books are quite strange because they do get very mixed yeah. reviews, which I'm okay with. I think if, you know, if I enjoy it, then whatever. So I just wanted to give her a shout out as another kind of big author to look out for. And obviously I mentioned Murakami, like definitely reach out um, and find Murakami because uh, he's also great. Yeah. So there's yeah. so much out there for you to read, Sam. There's so much. <laughs> there is so much. And I think like, like, like Sam asked, what is one we haven't talked about? We've talked about mm -hmm. so many of the ones we love already on the podcast. Exactly, yeah. So if you go through, or if you go to our website, um, we always have a list of the books we talk about. It's a, it's a, it could be a good resource for you to type in um, or to scroll through and look at any of the Japanese books we've already yeah, talked about. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, do you want to now read yours from Destiny? Alrighty, well... I just picked it for you. <laughs> thank you. Destiny says, Hey, Ariel and Raylene, I'm going to school for teaching, and I want to teach fourth grade English. I would love some graphic novel recommendations for my fourth graders. Bonus points if they're inclusive for all my future diverse kiddos' backgrounds. Thank you. I really like this one because, uh, first of all, graphic novels. Uh, just put it in there and I'll probably pick your recommendation. Um, mm -hmm. But secondly, I don't think we've done very many middle grade recommendations. No, I think exactly. That's what I was excited about this. I think maybe yeah. we've done one before, something similar-ish. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to do this one. Uh, yeah, you started off really. What, what did you come up with? I came up with like eight and then I was like, Ariel... <laughs> calm it down <laughs> rein it in um well i through doing this recommendation i discovered that i haven't read that many middle grade graphic novels like mm. i was thinking 
a lot of things that came to my mind were manga because a lot of my friends right. who are teachers have said that their their students love manga and so like you know there's naruto and like one piece like the kids right. all love that kind of stuff so that was what first came to my mind but i did think of a book that i read a few years ago that's a middle grade graphic novel and that is el defo by cc bell oh yeah i'm sure you've heard of this one this one oh it's just such a beautiful story it's um partly autobiographical and basically the main character is like this cute little bunny who um is i think she's starting middle school and she's deaf and she has uh, like cochlear implants and like or she has a huge um <clears throat> hearing aid that's kind of just like strapped to her chest kind of thing and that so she's mm. made fun of because of it and so it has themes of like fitting in and also you know being nice to people who are different and not bullying people so it, it has great messages for i would say for a fourth grade classroom and um it was just it, like the art is beautiful obviously and it was just yeah. really nice a nice story so i recommend that one perfect <laughs> Yeah, give me some of yours. <laughs> well, okay. Like I said, I got, I had too many. It was, uh, I needed to calm down. But I decided, oh God. Okay, well, I'll start. I'll just go through and we'll see how many I say. The first okay. one is The Witch Boy, which we talked about mm, recently. Yeah. And I wanted to mention it again, just because when we recommended it, both of us were like, we liked it, but it was a little too middle gradey. And yeah, like it's like, perfect for grade four. So it's students. Exactly, yeah. it's perfect for students. Um, it's the story of a young boy who I don't know how old do you think he is? Like twelve. 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 I'd say maybe. I 12-ish, think he's yeah. thirteen. And um, in his family, uh, in like his large extended family, he's part of this magical family where the boys grow up to be uh, shapeshifters, and the women in the family grow up to be witches. And he is um, a witch. Like he has all. These, he's interested in witchery. Mm -hmm. Witchery. Witchcraft. Witchcraft. <laughs> like he's witchery. interested in witchcraft. He wants it, but it's so. It's a book about like defying gender norms in you know mm -hmm. in a sense and just being who you are no matter what your gender is etc um mm -hmm. so i think that's a perfect pick and then the other one that is definitely middle grade uh, that i really wanted to shout out is aquacorn cove by katie oh, yeah. o'neill i loved this book i thought it was so so beautiful she um Kitty O'Neill's bigger book is The Tea Dragon Society. I haven't oh, read right, that yeah. one, so I don't know. I'm sure it's great, but I'm not sure. But I read Aquacorn Cove, and I loved it so much. The artwork is so beautiful. So, like, mm. I was, like, I would hang it on my walls kind of level of beauties here. Yeah. And um, it's the story of a young girl who's lost, like, she's, like, really young. I want to say she's, like, eight or something, ten. Yeah. Um, she's lost her mother in a they like they lived in a coastal town her her mom and her dad lived in a coastal town and there was some sort of a storm or something and her they lost her mother and then her father made them move away to like the city kind of thing um mm. but now there's been another storm in the town and they've decided to come back to help um their like her aunt who's suffering because of this big storm that like really messed up her house and just generally the town and while they're back um, there's some like dealing with the grief of losing her mom 
etc. But then there's also this really great plot happening about climate change and about how the ocean is hurting because of the way that the community is fishing and like using resources that uh, in a non-sustainable way. So it's like, I think it's a really beautiful story, but then it also has this really great message about the environment and climate change, which I think, yeah, is like so perfect for people. Um, the last one I want to, oh God, I have, I have like, genuinely, my, my list is so long. Um, I think the last one I'll say then is the Prince and the Dressmaker. We've talked about this oh, one a yeah. lot, but I really think that this would be a perfect one for middle grade. And because we've talked about it so much, I won't go too far into it, except to say that it's a story of a prince who is, I think th- uh, these characters are older for sure because they go to parties. So that maybe it wouldn't work for fourth grade. Um, but I still think it could work for fourth grade. Um, let's say the characters are like 15-ish, but it's a very mm. PG book. So like nothing happens. It's just characters. Um, yeah, it's very wholesome. Yeah. Exactly. Very wholesome. So you have a prince who is um, like loves dressing in drag and dressing up in these beautiful gowns and going out to parties um, kind of undercover. And he hires this uh, dressmaker to make the dresses for him and uh, it's about their relationship and it's about the prince and his relationship with gender and oh god it's such a good one it's such a good one ah yeah really so good I'll (laughs) stop I swear to god I'll stop but I feel like I feel like the one of the interesting thing is a lot of the YA uh, oriented graphic novels can work very well for middle grade because yeah, they're, they are pretty wholesome. So I think you could, you've got a lot to pick from there. But yeah, mm-hmm. that was okay. Whew, that was fun. I had a great time. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my next recommendation comes from... So this one comes from Lydia, who says, Hello from Ohio. I love that everybody's telling us where they're from now because we were like, Tell us where you're from! Ohio! Um, Ohio. Uh, okay. I'm looking to get a rib cage tattoo that will take about seven hours soon. And I'm looking wow. for a book that will keep me entertained and distracted <laughs> from the pain. I Yo. like all genres except fantasy. I'm open to any demographic YA children's adult. I would love a large graphic novel, a manga series, or a novel around 400 pages. Thank you. Wow. My God. This is like my favorite recommendation request. Because also I'm like, dude, se- a seven hour long rib tattoo is like hardcore like yeah that's gonna be massive or very detailed and like i'm scared for you i i got a i got a tattoo on my ribs and it lasted like an hour and a half and i was like so glad when it was over just because like it's hard to breathe when you're getting tattooed on your ribs because you don't want to move your body around you know like oh that was my biggest thing was like i can't breathe so (laughs) jesus i don't know how you're gonna be able to read for seven hours while you're getting that done but like kudos to you i wish that um lydia had told us what the tattoo is gonna be of because i'm so curious i'm so curious Um, uh, Lydia, yeah. please uh, message us on our inbox feature on our website and let us know. Like, I just want to know. I want to know what it was. <laughs> I'm very curious. Yeah, I'm so curious. I love tattoos. I always want to know about this. Um, oh, yeah, man. this is a... Oh, God, seven hours. I am... <laughs> is that like is that something you do that would be multiple sessions right you wouldn't do that all at once i would think so seven hours sounds like i mean that's pretty crazy just for an artist to sit down for seven hours and do that yeah, so yeah that that, I, I would think it would be a few sessions wow God. i would believe um this one yeah like it's fun but i was also kind of overwhelmed by the gr- like broad scope of how many things i could pick so mm-hmm. i kind of have a couple of recommendations for this one also um <clears throat> 
So Lydia says that she's open to a large graphic novel, manga series, or a novel around 400 pages. So I kind of have one of each just to give you oh, some wow. options. Okay, nice. Um, so for the large graphic novel, I talked about it recently, so I won't go into it too much. But On a Sunbeam by Tilly Walden. Oh, my God. So good. So, so, so good. I highly recommend that you pick that one up. Um it's like 550 pages long. So I hope that's large enough for you. Um, But yeah, just fantastic (laughs) sci-fi, like feministy, wonderful, beautiful art, blah, blah, blah. Amazing. Um, For the manga series, I decided to, I've recommended it before, but I'm going to recommend Death Note again. Okay, Just because Death Note is such a great series. It's 12 volumes or six if you get these giant um, two-in-one editions that I have, which I love. And so it's like a pretty short-ish, like, self-contained series. So I'm happy to recommend this because you can read the whole thing. It's all out. And it's so detailed and so intricately written. Like, this is what I love about Death Note is how well written it is because everything is just like people talking about moves and like it's all basically like a big chess game of people trying to figure out how to dupe other people and oh it's just like so wonderful like it's it's dark and you know gritty but like in the best way possible um and you know don't watch the movie that's on netflix because it's bad it's it doesn't give you i was about to ask you what about the movie (laughs) the movie is so bad it doesn't capture the capture the flavor of the series at all um but yeah i i love i mean i'm sure lydia has already read this if she's into manga it's kind of a, a classic but if you haven't read it yet you should definitely read death note they'll keep you entertained for hours and hours it's one of the most dense manga series like a lot of manga has like you know fight scenes and lots of action so there's not a lot of dialogue but there's like death note is like 90 percent dialogue so it it keeps you busy for a long Mm. time um and then the last book that i'm recommending is one that lydia also may have already read definitely has heard of but i haven't talked about it yet or recommended it i don't think i like it and that you know lydia you just (laughs) (laughs) i'm just assuming i'm like lydia sounds like she reads a little bit of everything so i'm sure that she has already heard of this but um you by carolyn kepnes is a book that I read a few years ago and loved. I just wanted to pick something that's very engrossing. And like, I didn't want to put this down when I was reading it. Ever since the first page, I was like fully into it. And perfect, perfect. It's 422 pages long. So it fits into Lydia's um, rules there. And (laughs) yeah, for those who don't know, this book is told from the perspective of a guy named Joe who works at a bookstore, which first of all is like a great part of the book. Yeah. And so he works in a bookstore and this lady, this woman comes into the bookstore and he, you know, gets her ID because she's using a credit card or whatever. And so he finds out her name, finds out where she lives and he starts stalking her. And so the whole thing is told in second person perspective, like he's like he's talking to her, even though he's not actually talking to her, you know. So it's told in a very strange way because the whole thing is just centered on him watching you like is the way he says it's like you're in your house you're doing this so it's very creepy it really Mm. gets you into the mind of like a creepy stalker type of person and it's just like really hard to put down when you when you get into it so i feel like this would be a good one for lydia getting that painful painful tattoo yeah (laughs) did you watch the show of you i actually haven't watched it yet no i think i watched a little bit of the first episode but then i didn't finish it for some reason but i definitely want to watch it it's it's on my list i just have so much to watch my brother and i uh cj who edits a podcast we watched the 
first season and mm-hmm. we loved it. Like it's yeah. ch- like kind of like you said, it's crazy. Like I, I'm in no way obviously encouraging people to stalk people, obviously, but <laughs> um, it was such a good show. Uh, it's a bit more drama than it is like um, I don't know. I'm thinking of other like shows. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I mean like other shows like The Queen's Gambit, where there's like this really intricate character development and mm, like yeah. you're like really intrigued and in, in the entire element of storytelling is just masterful etc etc but like (laughs) you is just kind of a bit more straightforward it's just like a guy who wants whatever um but we really enjoyed it we had a lot of fun watching you i think we watched it at the beginning of this year or something or end of last year i forget um and then we started season two and we were also enjoying it and then just life happened and we didn't we haven't continued but i really liked the first season actually and so obviously that has nothing to do with the book technically but but (laughs) if that goes by anything i really liked it very good yeah what'd you pick for this one i picked two uh one's kind of funny and then the other one's legit but i also before it well before i tell them i had a question really okay if they're doing a rib tattoo how is she gonna hold a book i have no idea like i said i could barely <laughs> breathe when i was getting mine done so i don't know how lydia's gonna hold a book i i was thinking originally that she wanted audiobooks so or like to read something on ebook but i find reading graphic novels difficult on a phone so that's I what i don't mean really no i think she's a brave soul is what i'm thinking when she was like a large graphic novel or a manga series i was like how like you'll have you to hold gonna- it with one hand I can't do that. Because you can't <laughs> use your hand, like, the side of your body that's getting tattooed. That arm is just useless, basically. Right, it's got to not move. I, yeah. uh, anyway, brave. Brave, and I'm, yeah. I mean, there's, I've got a lot of questions for Lydia. I know, Lydia, I'm intrigued by the whole situation, that's for sure. Lydia, again, when you do that follow-up about what your tattoo is, let us know uh, what your plan, your logistical plan is. <laughs> What's your game plan, Lydia? <laughs> Um, okay, so the, the first book that I want is my, the, her to read, my actual recommendation is Albatross, a book I talk about a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. Obviously. Um, Terry Fallis is the author, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that book is 400 pages, and I looked it up on the official penguinrandomhouse.ca website, and it says, pages... 400 so oh my god exactly what uh what lydia wants here so yes um i've talked about this a lot i won't go too much into it it's about a uh kid in high school whose gym teacher reads a weird scientific article measures his body and realizes that he should technically because of his particular uh specifications and lengths and stuff measurements should be really good at golf and so they go and try golf and it turns out that he is a master of golf and suddenly his life is just like thrown into this bizarro universe where he is suddenly like a golf master who hates golf mm-hmm. um it's the reason that I recommend it for this is like, okay, so I only have one tattoo and it's literally two one centimeter lines on my <laughs> ear. So yeah. it literally, it took 10 minutes to do and I didn't even mm-hmm. feel it. Like genuinely, yeah. I kept waiting for him to start and then he was done. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So I have no experience with actual tattoo pain, 
But what I imagine going through an experience that like that is that it would be very painful. And like you were saying with you, you'd want to distract. I mean, the you by Carolyn Kavanagh is not. You oh, yeah. Bailey <laughs> um, you'd want something distracting and very like uh, something that really gets your mind off of the pain. And I think yeah, Albatross totally. is such a wacky, fun, exciting story Absolutely. that it would be perfect to lift your mood while you're in a considerable amount of pain and in an uncomfortable situation. Mm hmm. Um, so that's why I really wanted to recommend that one. But the other one I wanted to recommend was, I mean, it's a bit of a joke, but not really. Um, it's Ink by Amanda Sun. <laughs> Have you okay. read it? No, you... I haven't. I know <laughs> of it, though. I remember okay. you reading this. Yeah. So, okay, this was a book I read, uh, I don't know, 2013, 2012, um, super long time ago. And I did enjoy it. It's a trilogy. And I am... Um, I just looked up the trilogy on on Goodreads to be like, how did the second and third book fare? Like, did they follow did the reviews? Yeah. They actually get better and better. Like, oh. more people like the second book, and then people really like the third book a lot, too. So, um, yeah, That's so it cool. seems like not a waste of time to invest in this trilogy, because people seem to like the whole trilogy. I only read the first book. And that's simply because I'm terrible at reading trilogies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a book about... A, the reason that I recommend it is is because it's the only book I know about tattoos. Um, and I just thought, what else am I going to talk about this book? So um, it's, a, <laughs> it's a book about a girl who... It's a YA book about a girl who goes to Japan. I forget why. Like, maybe her parents passed away or something. But she is, like, forced to go to Japan long term. And she's very much not fitting in. Like she, like she, like on the cover it says like, or on the synopsis it's like she doesn't know how to use chopsticks. She just doesn't know the culture over <laughs> she there. She knows nothing. She yeah. knows nothing about like how to function over there. She feels like a real outsider. And then she meets this boy and becomes friend with friends with this boy. And like it starts to turn around her J- Japan experience. But then it turns out that um, he has this ability where no matter what he draws, it comes to life. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that isn't tattoos specifically, but like (laughs) ink, I guess because the title was ink. That's what made me think of it. But yeah, it's, you know, it's about art coming to life. And I was like, imagine if you had a tattoo and it came to life. I don't know. Um, I just thought I'd throw that one in there. That's fun. Love that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right. I guess it's on to me for the last one. Go for it. All right. Well, this one comes from Maria. They, okay, I'm very excited about Maria's because they have sent us our own individual recommendations, which is so fun. So it says, uh, hey, Ariel and Raylene, Books Unbound became the highlight of my Sundays, and for that I am grateful. Thank you so much, Maria. Um, I have two separate requests, if that's okay. For Raylene. So let's start with you, Raylene. (laughs) The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt is one of my favorite books, and you seem to like it as well. Could you please recommend any books that remind you of it in either plot, characters, themes, or overall vibes? What do you got? What do you got for Marie? Okay. Yeah, this this one was like... a little bit tricky because I can't quite think of anything that's really like the goldfinch. But then when I started digging into my brain, I came up with a couple of things. Okay. So um, firstly, I have to recommend The Secret History. It's another right. Donna Tart book. Um, it's different from the goldfinch, but it's just as good, if not better. Like, I, I love them both so much. I have no idea which one I like better. They're just incredible. Mm. It's about college students. There's a murder. They love Greek 
um like they take greek classes and it's just like this like little pretentious group of friends um which is like not similar to the goldfinch but i mean the goldfinch does revolve around the art world a little bit so i feel like it has a connection in that way so Mm -hmm. definitely read the secret history if you haven't already um next up this one might sound strange but americana by chimamanda Mm. ngozi is actually has kind of goldfinch vibes because it is it's about this woman kind of coming of age um and that's a big big part of the goldfinch as well and she's kind of coming of age somewhere that's not her home she moves from nigeria Mm. to america and in the goldfinch the main character kind of bounces back and forth between las vegas new york um so because of like an event that happened in his life he he has to live with people who aren't his mom, who he loves, and isn't his home of New York. So they kind of have that similar vibe of being somewhere that's different from where you're used to and is a different environment with different people mm-hmm. uh, and just about someone trying to kind of figure out what they're doing with their life. So I think Americana is great in that way and they like will appeal to the same people who like the Goldfinch. Mm-hmm. And my last recommendation is one that I haven't read yet and I actually just talked about recently on a bonus podcast, I think it was, um, A Little Life by... By Hanya Yanagihara right. is I like whenever people talk about books that are similar to the Goldfinch, this is the one that always like kind of comes to the top of the conversation. Right. It takes place in New York. It's sad and kind of depressing. It's about four friends, and apparently, it's really emotionally like like it's harrowing for as far as I can tell. Right. And it's and deals with substance abuse and you know traumatic childhoods, which is you know, things that are also involved in The Goldfinch a little bit. So I feel like that is a book that, I mean, I definitely want to read still and I think could be just perfect for what you're looking for. So yeah, definitely check out A Little Life if you haven't heard of it yet. So yeah, those are my recommendations. What have, what have you got? Well, she asked me a very different question. Mm. Uh, Maria says, Ariel, you inspired me to read George Orwell. Yes. So, obviously, (laughs) I started with Animal Farm. Of course. And really liked it. Of course you did. Because it's Mm. amazing. Uh, Okay. I'm not ready to read any of his bigger works. That's okay. Don't worry. That's okay. But I'm interested in his essays. Aha! A wonderful place to go. Could you please recommend where to start with them? There are so many. Anyway, immense gratitude from Russia. Oh, man, I didn't realize Maria was from Russia. That's awesome. Fantastic. Okay, so uh, this is tough. This is tough because there's, like, thousands of his essays. Not thousands, (laughs) but, like, I'm sure there's at least hundreds. There's so many essays. Uh, Lucky us. We've got so much to pick from. Yeah. Um, but one of the essays that absolutely is, it's my favorite George Orwell essay. So it's the one I have, I had to pick. This was really cool, really. Cause I was like, I have to just pick one essay. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm not that's gonna, true. like I could, it's kind of tough to recommend his essay collections because there's a lot of different bind ups of them and it yeah. kind of doesn't matter which one you get. Like some of like a bunch of them have a lot of crossover cause there's, uh, he has some more popular essays that get published that are printed the most. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So here we go. So my favorite essay by George Orwell is called bookshop memories. It mm-hmm. is an essay, um, about his time when he worked in a bookstore. And it's kind of like, you know, Jen Campbell's book, uh, Weird Things Customers Say in Bookshops. Mm -hmm. It's very similar to that vibe of, like, working in a bookshop is weird. (laughs) And and George Orwell's really interesting um, 
like uh, observations. One of the great things about my man Orwell is that he's in the public domain now in most countries, I think. And so, um, like all of his essays are online. So like this, oh, cool. if you don't want to buy it, you can just go and read it. And, but I thought I would read you a little, a little section of it. So here we go. When I worked in a secondhand bookshop, so easily pictured if you don't work in one as a kind of paradise where charming old gentlemen browse eternally among half bound or calf bound folios, the thing that chiefly struck me was the rarity of really bookish people. Our shop had an exceptionally interesting stock, yet I doubt whether 10% of our customers knew a good book from a bad one. First edition snobs were much commoner than lovers of literature, but oriental students haggling over cheap textbooks were commoner still, and vague-minded women looking for birthday presents for their nephews <laughs> were commonest of all. Oh my god. Um... So I mean, obviously, this is very dated. We would we would never. But also, you know what's funny? Students. Yeah, yeah. That, of <laughs> yeah. course, the language, but like the content is still one hundred percent the same in a bookstore. Yeah. Like I can speak from experience. I, I like that. That's really hilarious. I should read I that whole that. essay. Exactly, because if you think about like if instead of Oriental students, if he just put international students who are mm-hmm. like tra- trying to find cheap textbooks, my and got, god, it happens all the time. Vaping. Oh man, exactly. we didn't sell textbooks, and everybody just likes <laughs> textbooks. I'm so sorry. Um, there's this other, there's this one line that has always uh, stuck with me. Where is it? Oh yeah. For example, the dear old lady who wants a book for an invalid, which I think he just means like a book for someone who's sick. A very yeah. common demand that. And the other dear old lady who read such a nice book in 1897 and wonders whether you can find her a copy. Unfortunately, she doesn't remember the title or the author's name or what the book was about, but she does remember that it had a red cover. <laughs> oh my god. Wow, these things really transcend time, don't they? Like exactly. These are still the same issues that people see working in bookstores. Okay, what is the essay called one more time, just to remind us Yes, the essay is called Bookshop Memories. It is just chock full of that kind of gorgeous and interesting, hilarious thing. I love that. Uh, He talks about how, like, classics always sell, like, certain classics sell really well, like Charles Dickens and stuff, even though he Mm -hmm. knows nobody's reading them. It's just to kind of, like, look good in people's houses and... um, yeah, how they have, like, a lending library. So it's also just interesting to see how um, the bookshop worked. Like, because they have, like, a certain lending section, but they also, huh. like, sell stamps and stuff. And it's just, like, I don't know. It's just, it's so charming. And I think it really shows this other side of George Orwell that people don't really think about when they think about George Orwell. Mm-hmm. People think about... um politics when they think of Orwell which is totally. like which is probably like, you know it is his greatest contribution Animal Farm in 1984 which have given us these this lexicon of of language in which we like look at things that are happening in the world around us and we're like oh my god I understand this because this is exactly what happened in 1984 or whatever <laughs> yeah um but yeah, so it gives this wonderful context for what's going on and, and what matters to us. But he also just wrote these really charming essays. So a lot of his essays, most of them are political and interesting observations of like the war and what's happened, blah, blah, blah. But um, mm-hmm. a lot of like he's got one that's like thoughts on the common toad. Books versus cigarettes is one of my favorites where he talks about like the cost of a, cig- a pack of cigarettes versus the cost of a book and like cost 
benefit uh, breakdown oh. of like which one is more worth it and like movie it includes movie theaters and he's like you pay way oh, more wow. for a book but you only get two hours of entertainment at the movie theater and like it's like it's so yeah. they're all so fun so that's my favorite essay I really recommend you check that one out and uh, yeah go from there he's got a, a, other other really good ones oh man now I want to read more Orwell <laughs> <laughs> Lucky me. Wow, that's a great recommendation. I am definitely going to read that essay now too. So Yay. that's a recommendation for everyone. I'm sure most people listening will be into that essay. So good pick. Good pick. Love well, that. that wraps up this episode. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much to our patrons and um I mean our dust jackets, sorry. And uh, <laughs> especially thank you to um everyone who's giving us ideas for our bonus mini podcast because we yeah. have run out the well is dry. Um, <laughs> however, we <laughs> on our Discord, people have been providing us with fun ideas for Books on Bucket, which is our bonus mini podcast that we're about to go record. The one that we are going to be answering today goes like this. Um, so basically, it's asking what is our you know current mashed potato book? What's a book that you keep saying you're going to read next year and we just don't year after year after year? So that's the question <laughs> that we'll be answering over on Books on Bucket. So it should be interesting. Should be a, a fun uh, opening up of our secrets and <laughs> our darkest, <laughs> darkest secrets about books. So yes, thank you guys so much for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.